1: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Jay Zawaski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tiribasi. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful mm-hmm. Thursday afternoon in the greatest city in the world. It is a Chamber of Commerce day today. Go outside, snap some pictures, ready for the gram, ready for the MySpace. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a beautiful freaking day. If only we could do these shows outside, Joey. Let's make that happen in the yeah, future. That would be cool. Yeah, get the, outside, get the patio set up. <laughs> that'd be nice. Set. Girl, some brats. Yeah, it a oh, day. rooftop show. show. Go up on the rooftop. Yeah.
0: Get the skyline behind us. That'd be a good set. That would be beautiful. Be a bit windy. Can't but... have any wind though. Got to. <laughs> that would
1: be tough. <laughs> It'd be tough a today. Wind screens. Yeah. Anyway, welcome in. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate you. Make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Make sure you are following us or subscribed on your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would greatly appreciate that. Become a diehard. AllCHGO.com is the place to do that. You'll get uh, access to all of our great written content. You'll get a free shirt or hat at sign-up and 20% off all merch and events at the uh, CHGO Locker and AllCHGO.com. It's a great deal. pays for itself over the course of a very, very short amount of time. Uh, Colby Cohen, Blackhawks analyst, is going to join us today at 2.30 to talk about, uh, among other things, the Blackhawks' decision to move uh, development camp to off-ice only. But we're going to start with the Eastern Conference Final. Your Florida Panthers have advanced after sweeping, even though Rod Brindamore says, we weren't swept, we just lost four in Uh, a row. Semantics. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, Matthew Gachuk... Tuomo Routu and the rest of the Florida Panthers are headed to the Stanley Cup Final, Jamie and I Kampan. just Jeremy Compon, yeah, Jamie Compon, J- yeah. yes, I just can't stop thinking about the fact that had Buddy Robinson not eliminated Man. the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Florida Panthers would yeah. not have been in the playoffs. It Butterfly, is just amazing, not, it's crazy. You
0: know what's crazy? Er, than that is Gustav Forsling leads all players on time on ice on a team headed to the Stanley Cup Final, but we couldn't have him here at all. It's wild. It's just insane. Well, you know, I, I tweeted out the other night, Blackhawks fans, just take a look at the progression of Gustav Forsling and apply it to everybody in the Blackhawks farm system right now. Like, let them have some time. Yeah. He was, time, we yeah. had, we, th- like, remember, what was that? Adam Glendening, the first time we traded him away, that's how we got Gustav Forsling from yeah, the Canucks. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. And it was, he was like 19, and it was like, hey, kid, right? play for Joe Quentin Why aren't Hull. you good yet? Go yeah, play right. for Joe Quindell yeah. and and try and get some get some you know. There's Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. Go get him, kid. And that didn't work. And uh, he went to Carolina and was okay. And then goes to Florida and he's he's been yeah. fabulous.
1: Yeah, it's just a good example of. And again, we're going to be spoiled again with Connor Bedard jumping right into the league and being good right away. But it's not typical. Mm-hmm. It's just not like Gustav Forsling is a really good example of what happens when you're patient and. Development at the NHL level, right? Like he came up with the Hawks, and you saw the glimpses of what Gustav Forsling could be, right? Like there were those flashes. Like okay, there it is. We saw it with Adam boquist a little bit, yeah. But he just can't stay healthy enough to put it together for a long enough time to to keep that develop. Every time I feel like boquist makes a jump, he suffers a significant injury and is kind of back to square one. Yeah. Forsling's been able to stay healthy for the most part. And develop as he plays, and as he's gotten older and more experienced, his role has grown and grown. That is how a player develops. And I'm not making a comparison to say that Caleb Jones is going to be Gustav Forsling. However, if you look at Game One of 2022-23, Caleb Jones versus Game 82, 2022-23, Caleb Jones, completely different guys. That's improvement, yeah. and he went from. You know, derided for most of the early part of the season. This guy sucks. Why is he here? He's only here because of Seth, yada, yada, to one of Luke Richardson's most trusted defensemen at the end of the year. So it can happen at the NHL level. It doesn't have to, but I like the way that the teams that have had Gustav Worsling have taken their time with him and said, hey, you know, you're going to be a third pair guy. Okay, now you're a second pair guy. Now you're a top minute eater. Yeah,
0: and I know couple already mentioned Carolina gave up on him, too. I don't know if they necessarily gave up on him. I think it was more of a numbers game. Yeah. Carolina had a very veteran, crowded blue line. A lot of those guys still playing. Your, mm-hmm. your, your Slavins and Pesci and, and, you know, they had Jake. They just signed Jake Gardner to that deal for whatever ungodly reason they did that <laughs> for. But, yeah. you know, they had guys that were, you know, the, he was just more of a numbers game there. But good for him. Um, he was know. a
1: waiver claim for Florida.
0: Yeah. They were, trying yeah. to, they were trying to sneak him into the AHL because yeah. they they were too crowded at the NHL level, and Florida was like, eh, nah, let's reunite <laughs> him with Joel Quinville. Maybe that will be the magic <laughs> he
1: needs. <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he has been a good player for a while, and I think his arrow is still pointed up, and this has been a really good showcase for him. And look, he's not awesome offensively. He's not Nicholas Lidstrom by any means, but he's just really solid. Yeah. yeah. You know, you do, it doesn't have to be like you know, Keith of or a bust.
0: Bit. Maybe a smaller version of like a Johnny Oduya. That yeah. like that like, I like that just solid all-around defenseman, not going to score you a bunch of goals yeah. can, but just always in the right place, very responsible, very smart. Yeah. That's that's who I see when I want I, I like that. that's a good
1: comp. That cuz Oduya was kind of like from a distance thought of as like an offensive defenseman. But I think when he got here, the offense wasn't quite what I thought it was, but the defense was a little better than I thought it was. Yeah,
2: he was used as more of a shutdown guy. Yeah.
1: Well, it helps when you're with Jalmerson most of the time too. It definitely does. (laughs) It makes a lot of people look better. Most Swedish too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and now, if you want to follow Johnny Og on Instagram, you can learn all about uh, the status of his uh, bowel movements and everything. He is very into fitness.
2: Yeah, he's into some like (laughs) holistic medicine. Yes. Like he has like like health reports on his Instagram. Hey, I mean. Some people like
1: <laughs> whatever man some people like feet some people like other things <laughs> yeah
0: poop charts yeah is this kind of Johnny
1: O'Doherty on Instagram you know
0: what ah, no I'm good <laughs> is, he, is he shirtless when he's reading you his uh, poop charts not often enough all right well then not yeah, often I'm, enough. I'm out
1: he looks like there's that one picture of him or the gift from of him after uh I don't know if it's after a cup but he's got the belt like the championship belt they gave like the mvp after every game and he looks like a cast member from 300 he's oh, just, Yeah, just like carved yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I remember the. It was
2: either the 15 or 13 cup. I Can't remember which one, but it's him like at the bar, at you know doing bar hopping with the cup, and he's shirtless and just like glistening. I'm like Jesus, like just <laughs> some some people just have that like genetic ability to just be like, hey, yeah, here's one, two, three, four, five, six, and big pecs, yeah. and just and all six on top out. of those, six. yeah, it's, it's like, like just it's stacked crazy. up, crazy. But hey, like me when, and you, when you work for it, you yeah. know.
0: Six on six on six on six. <laughs>
1: on it's a party. Six. It's not a six pack. So what it's the, party what, what ball. What those, party what, yeah, party gonna Say one of those coarse light
0: things. Uh, yeah, but it was like a beach
1: ball full of beer. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I can uh, I can identify with go. that. Uh, but hey, it's you know it's it's cool. We talked about it yesterday, kind of the the unexpected cup run. But it's funny that he's been as good as he's been for this long. But this is Matthew Gachuk's coming out party. Yeah. Are these playoffs? And you know you think about. I I always think about like, I play NHL 23 all the time. I know it's flawed, but I just love it. But like, he's going to be like a 97 overall next year, maybe on the cover. He's going to be, he's like the new dude in the NHL. Yeah. He's one year
2: anyway. He's definitely pushing to be one of the faces of the league. Um, I mean, he's been pretty well known for a while, but like, this is definitely like that stage where, you know, star players become superstars and he's definitely uh, taking advantage of it. I mean, in a in a four game sweep, he almost single handedly eliminated the Hurricanes. Yeah. the the four overtime uh, the four OT game winner, then the next OT game winner rushes off the ice, gets the primary assist in the one nothing game, and then with five seconds to spare, essentially an ov- overtime winner, uh, gets the gets the game four winner. Yeah. Like that's
1: incredible. Also, respect for despite the meaning of that goal. You're sending your team to the cup final with five seconds left in the third period, still had the presence of mind for an awesome celebration. Sure. To just hit the knees and Why put the not? arms out like, what do you think of this?
2: I mean, hey, <laughs> when when you're hot, you're hot, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're definitely feeling it. So, yeah, he's, he's – and we were talking before the show, like, there, if the Panthers were to win the cup, there is a very – Difficult decision to yeah. be made between uh, – they still have one more, one more series to play out, but there's definitely cases to be made for both Matthew Kachuk and Sergey Bobrovsky for Conn Smythe, and you're not wrong with either.
0: You could make a case for them to win it even if they lose the Stanley Cup final. Potentially, you could yeah. make your case for both yeah, of Yeah, because it day.
2: is playoffs MVP.
0: Right. So it's tough. Like, the, if the Panthers win four more games, teammates are going to split the vote on that. What? what hmm you know, how, what's more important, the game-winning goals or the fact that you're in the situation to score a game-winning goal? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I, I've been enjoying the new national narrative that's been going around the last couple of days where, hey, if you have, if your team has a problem, just go trade for a Matthew Kachuk like those guys oh, yeah. are just growing oh, yeah. yeah, why not? Absolutely. That's what yeah. the Carolina Hurricanes need to do. Boy. They don't have a superstar. Go get a superstar. That's what the Maple Leafs need to do. They should just trade for Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk gets traded like once every 20 years. <laughs> right.
1: And That's like why Bill Zito right. was like, uh, what? And yeah. Yeah. Yes, nobody yes. was
0: all about go get yourself a Matthew Kachuk until about three and a half weeks ago. Cause during the regular season, it wasn't that great. Like he was a fan- He had a fantastic he was, season. He,
2: he himself, but, but yeah, the, the team Panthers. results
0: weren't that great. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, Carolina has no star power. Go get a Matthew Kachuk. Uh, have we forgot about Evgeny Sveshnikov? I can't even say his name. Yep. where if he was playing in a major market, he'd be a much bigger star. Like he also was hurt in the playoffs. Yes. So and Max Pacioretty too. Like they had star power, they were just all injured.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I saw a couple of people pointed out on Twitter early in the series, and I started paying attention to it later. Eddie O seemed to have a little bit of a grudge against Carolina. I don't know. Did I forget about something or like? He just seemed very hard on Aho and kind of saying what you're saying, like they didn't do enough at the deadline, which you can make that argument. But they not
0: hire him too.
1: (laughs) Well, there are a lot of teams that didn't hire him, but I I mean, I don't know. Like maybe there's something we don't know about, but it it felt like Eddie O was being oddly a little bit hard on the Hurricanes, and I don't know. Like Aho, like Aho came out yesterday was like playing physical, and Eddie was like, well, he keeps doing that, he's gonna get hurt. Like what? Like what do
0: you yeah, I don't no, know? I mean, maybe Rob Moore gave him a cheap cross check back in their no, playing days and he probably he hasn't, hasn't <laughs> forgiven him for that yet. You know? yeah. yeah. Something it like wasn't that. a cheap
1: yeah. cross check. It was just two hands on a stick like right. this. It, he was it was his <laughs> landing point when he yeah. fell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He accidentally fell on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so yeah, it, I don't yeah, I don't get that. But like the narrative going around like just get yourself a man you could chuck on the trademark. Sure. Now, and you're gonna go to the cup final.
2: Well, okay. Well and it's so funny because it's like the the copycat the copycatness of the NHL Is after every Stanley Cup winner All the teams that want to be contenders Are like oh let's copy what the Stanley Cup winners did Like after the Blues won Oh we got to get big and bruising and physical And then it's like oh well When the Lightning won we got to get You know speed and depth And, and now if the Panthers win it It's like how do you What do you do to copycat that Let's overpay for a hot and cold goalie <laughs> And hope that they go on a heater And then let's get a guy who can score 100 points To just like sure. that. Like,
1: okay. You gotta miss the playoffs a year before, barely get in. Trade your best player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then, yeah. Yeah. And then,
2: yeah. You know, have have a goalie goalie by committee uh, with one of the, you know, most overpaid contracts on your books. Like, it's it's crazy. It's 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 one of the it's it's funny because I I don't see the Panthers, and I could this could come back to bite me, but I don't see the Panthers as being like oh they're perennial contenders now like this might just be like hey like we're 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 getting hot at the right time they've played playoff atmosphere hockey for like since january basically just to even have a chance at getting in the playoffs and then you you upset the bruins you upset the the leafs sweep the the hurricanes where you weren't favored again like this might just be one of the, the the hottest runs that they have.
0: Yeah, I don't see I don't see this being the start of a dynasty by any no by any means because, yeah, you've got Kachuk there, you've got some nice pieces there, but like, you know, you look at some of the other guys on that team. Sam Reinhardt is a reclamation project. Mm-hmm. Sam Bennett was a, yep. is a reclamation project. They're working Anthony out. Andrew Duclair was on yeah. Team Fifty Two. You know, he's even he former Blackhawk. Yeah, you know, they've got a bunch of guys that just
2: Radko Gudas is. a – been kind
0: of yeah, a journeyman. He's been, he's been around, you know. The you know the they keep bringing they, they keep bringing back the Stall Brothers. You know, yeah. it's like it's not. I don't. It's not a dynasty by any means. I mean, plus, I mean, yeah, they could be a contender for the next year or two. But it all depends on. What version of Sergey Bravosky are they going to get going mm-hmm. forward? Is it going to be the guy we've seen in the playoffs? Is it going to be the guy that lost his job to Alex Lyon down the right. stretch? You, but you still have Spencer Knight, and that's an yeah, interesting you got to see what happens with he him. He was going to be anointed. like yeah. he was. Gonna, he's a really good goalie. He have he has some personal issues he had to deal with, and hopefully he's getting everything you know in order. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're ever if you were ever going to trade that contract, that Bravosky contract. This is the summer. If it's not, if it's not going to happen yeah. this summer, yeah, you're it's sure it's never yeah. going to happen. There, there might, might,
2: there might be a GM, dumb, you know, dumb enough and you know, smoke and mirrored enough to be like, oh, well, he's back. Like, wait, let's wait, get I, him. I was
1: wrong yesterday. So, cap friendly has fixed their. They have now have the first year as next year on their page. So there are three years left at $10 million for Bobrovsky. Yesterday I said two. Oh, okay. Because cap friendly, whatever, hit the next they, button or whatever. They moved,
2: they moved over their, yeah. their cap friendly I mean, contract. As
1: we talk about the future of the Panthers, you've got Barkov and Kachuk. Barkov's 27, Kachuk's 25, both locked up till 2029 20, 30. I know it feels like a lifetime from now, a long time. But they're not going to be ancient when those deals expire. No, they'll be. They should well, be good be for the 30s, bulk of those contracts. Yeah, you're hopeful yeah. for that. And you know, you, uh, Sam Reinhardt is a free agent after next year. Bennett Verhage have two years left. Uh, Duclair has one year left, and then you kind of go down the roster here. ekpoad has got two years left, so they've got the core is intact. Mm-hmm. Problem is, you know? they, they
0: don't have a lot of draft picks, and their prospect system is angry. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, it yeah. does feel like. They kind of have to get it done this year if they're going to have their chance. But it's just, yeah, they've been, they have been a really good team for a long time. But I don't know. I, it's funny when you think about when things started going downhill for the Hawks. It's when those Taves and Kane contracts kicked in. <laughs> like really, like that's because yeah. that what was that signed in the? It was the summer of twenty fourteen. Summer of fourteen, going in, but the contracts the- began after the cup win. Yeah. Right? So. They They didn't win much of anything. So, they
0: technically did not win a single playoff series in the duration of those last contracts. Yeah.
2: Yeah, depending on how you view the bubble. But, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, remember how funny it was just a few months ago? We were laughing at the Canadians. Writer that said they have an 11 percent chance of the number one overall pick because they had the Panthers pick. Yeah, and now it might be the last pick of the entire first wow. round. Hey. <laughs> it was there a lot of, it was it was another crack they, at Connor Bedard yeah. two months ago, and now it might be the last. It's gonna be one of the last two picks of the first round. Regardless, that's oh crazy. God,
1: that's so true. Crazy boy, Doctor Horror Show with a good Kirby Doc was on fire in the bubble. That's true. That was like, remember we all were yeah. like, that's the yeah. arrival, he's here, that was Kirby the, Doc's the, the best the, player on the ice. Coming and out for was. Kirby Doc, that
2: was, uh, you know, the the kind of the last time we saw Taze do anything of the old version of himself. Uh, Olimata had like four goals in that series. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was it was
1: weird. But remember, too, that's when Tave said, he kind of let Jeremy Collin know, sti- like, you can't put me on the ice right now. he like, started feeling, yeah, yeah,
2: feeling what was kind of the end of his... Physical uh, peak,
1: yeah, it's crazy. It's fun, man. I like. I'm. I'm really. I have. I am a temporary Florida man. <laughs> I'm rooting for the yeah. Panthers. It's just. It's been so fun. It's
2: been. A, it's been a great. They've been. They've been a fun team to watch. An exciting team to watch. Um, it's. It's. It's a great storyline. And and now you got uh, a, a chance for uh, Vegas to to join them tonight.
1: Uh, see Rob says Eddie O's brother was a former assistant GM of the Hurricanes and was fired.
0: Yeah ah, Ricky. But he yeah. landed in Seattle Yeah worked out For both And then now And then Eddie the whole Old Czech whole family, family is, is in Seattle, in Seattle yeah. now, so. Family affair Yeah
2: Well maybe Hard feelings still live Who knows
0: I don't know uh, I It is Yeah Anyway you know. um, But yeah that was We've all picked that series To go seven And it gets swept But it was four One goal games Essentially three overtime games Basically I mean yeah. they could have Very easily gone the other way Or be 2-2 right now And mm-hmm um you know hurricanes just another year where they just they're close but they just don't have whatever to get over over the top you know whether it's they just ran into the wrong team at the wrong time mm-hmm. but you know I thought they were going to win that series heading in I just thought their their defense was good enough to get them past but man and they got to put the puck in the net but yeah and they 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 ran into uh, the uh, this this series this run by bravoski is reminding me of uh the first time a stanley cup was won in florida that run nikolai haba had for the lightning Mm. when they won that cup uh in the 90s yeah that was just just he just played yeah or was it yeah i'm sorry 2004 not the 90s um yeah, uh, he, that that run he was just you you weren't that was when the Boolean Wall moniker up. Yeah. you just weren't beating him yeah so it's re, it's reminding me a lot of that run hey a Russian goalie in Florida weird there Carolina
1: had six goals the entire series including three last night
0: yeah
2: that's
0: hey that's he had his worst game last night and his offense bailed him out yeah yep you know you could argue the other three games was him bailing out his offense. Until, True. They, got, until yeah. they got that goal. But
1: you're still, like, seeing at the end of the game a significant shot advantage from yeah. Carolina. And, you know, score effects play a role. Being down plays a role because yeah. you take more risk. But still, and I think we're, we joke, but Ron Burdenmore's point was, like, we did everything right except beat Bobrovsky. Right. You know, and, was, and what, you got to tip your cap at some point.
2: He was asked, uh, I think it was before, or it might have been after game three, like, you know, the the feeling of this series and how it compared to like when, you know, he was with Carolina in, in 2002 and he was just like going up against Dominic Koschek. And you're like, you can't beat him. Like it's, you, it's you can do bad. everything right. And you're not going to beat him.
1: It's gotta be so frustrating. I, I, I mean,
2: look at him after last night's game. Yeah. something. I think it was, uh, <laughs> I think it was Pete Blackburn which was just like Rob Brindemar was starting his, his, uh, his Joker, like storyline or something like he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's on the mic. Just like, what what am I supposed to do What are we, supposed, we can't do anything We did everything we were supposed yep. to And you know You get swept And yeah I mean to lose a series By you know Having a minus four goal differential But it only went four games So Yeah It's just they, It's one of those things Where you just kind of Throw your hands up And you're like Just tip
1: your it, Yeah You tip just your tip cap your cap And say
0: You know what You beat us they executed everything well except for that the most important part of the game and yeah.
1: scoring a goal. That little gray streak on Rod's hair is yeah, getting a, little, a little, little bit bigger.
0: More to it, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club, pal.
1: oh uh, we've got Game Four of Vegas and Dallas tonight in Dallas. Uh, puck drop at seven o'clock Chicago time on ESPN. Uh, another sweep.
2: No, Jamie Ben, uh, I don't think Pavelski or Evgeny Dadanov are playing for the Stars, so they, they are certainly look certainly uh, hurting for their their some of their top players. I think it. I think it's done.
0: Yeah, after the embarrassment that they did both on the ice and in the stands, Game Three, yeah. it just seems so hard how they can come back. But I would hope they're playing for some pride tonight. Sure. Uh, the, uh, You know, uh, maybe Vegas takes their foot off the pedal for a game. We've seen it happen, um, you know, in the past. But I just—it's—it's lining up for another sweep, which means Dallas probably wins nine to nothing tonight. (laughs) 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 Don't ask me—I can't predict crap these days.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's—it's—it's tough. Well, we got Colby Cohen standing by. We're going to get to him in a second. But first, we want you looking good for the summer. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, banana hammocks, and everything in between available from our friends at FOCO. It is spring and baseball season. Get decked out for the game with Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need. They have made our set look awesome here with all the stuff you see behind us and all around us with the bobbleheads and the signs and everything we've got here. That's courtesy of our friends at FOCO. Get your man cave decked out. Get your new shed in your yard decked out, Greg, and get some uh, some Hawks merch. It's already full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they got a, a sign that says crap hole or something uh, that you can put in your shed. Full of crap. Full of crap, definitely. I'll swear it around my neck. Uh, go to foco.com, use the promo code CHGO, and you'll save 10% off all non pre sale items. Again, that's foco.com, promo code CHGO. Get some sweet clothes, some sweet stuff for your. Uh, your bar, whatever. Foco's got you covered. Whatever you're looking
0: for. Yeah, if you're buying awesome stuff from Foco to decorate your home with, and now you need to get some floodlights, some nice track lighting to show all your cool merch. Mm-hmm. And you want to save money on said track lighting, well then you need to get involved with the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program as it's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future.
2: You are so right, Greg. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes.
0: Can you tell me again how that works? I keep forgetting.
2: I can. I gladly. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, Joey, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy, also known as Monergy, today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, Greg, go to comed.com poweringbiz.
0: Did You say comment dot com slash powering biz b i z. Did
1: that's awesome. Biz
2: b i z. Schedule your appointments today.
1: I was just telling you to pay attention to the read, Joey. Got it. So you can save energy. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's I'm, what you, you want know, to do. That's my I favorite. know you
2: have a lot of industrial kitchen equipment.
1: <laughs> kidding me? So I'm a, I'm looking forward to uh, reading the comment read uh, later on the Bulls Show. There you go. Nice. Yeah, we need the CHGO uh, deep fryer. All right. Yes, yeah. we do. I want that. Yeah, put yeah. that out on the patio. There you go. All right, we're going to join now. That was a awkward. Uh, let me try that again. <clears throat> we are joined now nice. by Blackhawks analyst Colby Cohen. Follow him on Twitter at ColbyCohen36. He does TV for the Hawks and a whole bunch of other stuff. Hey, man, how's your uh, off season going so far?
3: It's, uh, it's going. It's certainly uh, nice to get a little bit of time away and kind of be able to kick your feet up and watch a little bit of playoff hockey, but... It's also been a little bit, uh, kind of a boring playoffs, you know, I mean, there's obviously storylines, but the games probably haven't felt like they normally do this time of year. So I got a newborn and, and, uh, we're here in, in South Jersey, spending a little bit of time with, with some family down at the beach at the shore and, um, but it's good, you know. I got both my dogs with me right now, and so if you hear some barks or some noises, it's like I'm I'm not I'm not home in my own you know normal space. So uh, there might be some some four legged distractions making their cameos on the show. Yeah, no like one's, one's ever been
0: upset
1: about puppies on the show. No, I
0: mean. it's just be- like one of our remote shows on a Friday when one of my dogs wants to get on camera. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs>
3: yeah, my dog Oliver keeps bringing me the ball. Of course, he waits for me to get on camera, and then he's standing right next to me, staring at me like, come on, let's go. Aren't you going to play with me? They, that's how they do it, right? That's fine.
2: Yeah. You can play You can play fetch with your dog while you talk to this.
1: <laughs> well, let's, we want to start with the news of the week, and we saw you tweet about it, and that was really what inspired us to reach out to you. The Blackhawks have made the decision to take their development camp off ice. They're not going to do any sort of scrimmaging or drills or anything they want to get guys, uh, you know, acclimated to the NHL. And you seem to be for the idea. Can you explain to our audience why?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally for the idea. And, you know, that's a little bit of sort of personal experience. Um, and then it's a little bit of, like, just understanding and knowing how summer training programs work and having gone through it and seeing what the sports science is and seeing how evolved all that stuff goes. And, you know, I never really understood – um, what good you are going to really get out of putting guys on the ice? Let's say the last week of June, because you know some some drafts is is like early, you know the June twenty first, June twenty second. You know this year it's a little bit later on the twenty eighth, but um, you know it completely disrupts a player's summer training to put them on the ice at that time of year um, and expect them to be kind of going at the level that any kid is going to go at when they know that their management team, media, and fans are watching. It's not like players aren't necessarily skating. Some of them aren't. Um, You know, the younger ones probably are skating, but they're doing skill work. You know, you're working on power skating. You're working on uh, puck handling, you're working on, you know, different skill drills and this and that. And then you bring them to this environment where guys are going to go 300% effort and 300 miles an hour, and they're going to want to be physical and they're going to want to show, uh, because you put on that NHL logo, even on a practice Jersey, and it's going to bring it out of you. And I, I think that part of it is, is horrible for a guy's summer. Um, and I'll tell you from my own personal experience, the way these coach, these strength coaches train in the summer for players that, you know, they put you on a program based on how many months you have three months, four months, whatever it may be. And the training is very tailored to that time of year. Um, you start with powerful stuff and you're training certain systems for strength. And then as you get closer to training camp, you know, your training starts to change and you're doing more, uh, quick twitch muscles. You're getting yourself ready for training camp. So the way your, your your program goes over the 12 weeks of summer, it ramps you to that level. So it's incredibly disruptive to your summer training when two weeks before July 4th or whatever the week you're doing your development camp is, is you basically have to scrap your summer program and you have to start getting ready for on ice and ramping up the on ice because you don't want to hurt your groin. You don't want to hurt your hip. You don't, you know, you don't want to do that. So it's incredibly disruptive to, you know, your summer training program. And I think it's smart. I I really do. I think get them on, get them into the building, leave them off the ice, let the strength and conditioning coach teach them what it takes to train at that level, show them things that will be, um, they'll need to do in training camp, let them meet with the nutritionists and, and keep them off the ice. And I know just from hearing the rumor that this is something that, Like somebody slipped up and mentioned to us in a meeting probably four or five months ago um, because we were starting to talk about summer plans. And I remember asking, should I be around for development camp in case we're doing a live stream of a game? And like four or five months ago, we were told, I don't think there's ice this year at development camp. So this is something they had kind of been planning for a while. Um, and again, I, I just think from the practicality standpoint, I know it bums fans out and I know it bums media out because it's, it's, it's a cool little event for everybody. I, I do understand that, but if we want these guys to be their best, when they come to training camp, putting them on the ice is really disruptive, um, for their development at this stage of the summer. It, it, it just is.
2: Do you think that there's also. You know, because we've we've seen a few players either play through, find come come to find out later playing through some sort of ailment, uh, or come out of prospect camp, uh, the rookie tournament with with injuries. Is it is there also some consideration to just kind of cut down the risk of potentially having any of these guys hurt just from being on the ice and being in you know board battle drills or anything like that.
3: A hundred percent. Like there has to be, because when you're not ready to do board battles and nobody in July that's played a full season is ready for board battles in July. It's really, you know, it's, they're not ready for it. And I'll tell you guys, I had a high ankle sprain in development camp my first or second year. I had a Miss World Junior camp later in the summer. Okay. I didn't make the world junior team that year, which was really, you know, a bummer. Cause it was one of my statistically best seasons at BU as a sophomore. Um, you know, so like I, I wasn't ready to start my season. I couldn't do any of training camp at BU and it, it was not good. I mean, that was my own personal experience. And it was because I was trying to be uncharacteristically physical in a scrimmage in in development camp the last week of June, you know? And so I think there's a lot of considerations and if you saw the tweet and i haven't been very active on twitter i try to like this time of year take it take a little bit of a step back from social media but um i i if you look at my tweet and then you look at the few people that replied one was mike boyle um or i don't know if he replied to mine or he saw it and then he retwisted something you know mike boyle's kind of a world-renowned strength and conditioning coach in new england and throughout the united states and he jumped in and said he thought how smart of an idea this was. Sean Skakin, who's the former uh, um, Minnesota Wild strength and conditioning coach, and now he his kid plays at the national team, and you know he's deeply embedded in hockey, USA hockey. He jumped right in to say how smart this was and how this used to be how teams did it. Jeff Lavecchio, he's a trainer in St. Louis. He trains a ton of pro guys in the NHL, prospects, young players. He jumped in and had an opinion about it and they were all similar kind of opinions. Those are people that I've learned from throughout my life. And so I'm not like necessarily shocked that those people said that, but it was good to see smart strength and conditioning people kind of jump in there and, and also talk about that because again, like I, I really do, I'm not just giving the company line here. I, I, I thought it was a great idea when it happened like when i heard about it four months ago i was like i think that's the right decision for everything the blackhawks are preaching this falls in line with it it it, it matches the message of this rebuild and the slow development and the smart development that they're looking for
1: yeah it's perfectly logical it doesn't mean it's fun yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. I mean, you all, yeah.
3: everybody everybody wanted to see someone in particular on the ice. Like I get that. I, I really do. I mean, I, I get it. You know, I enjoyed last year getting to see, you know, Ryan green play for the first time and uh, Savoy and you know, all those Korchinski, like that was enjoyable. I, I, I mean, those, those are studs, those kids, but I, I think at the end of the day, it, it's a smart decision. Um, and again, you can only ever ask for, you know, clear direction from an organization. And again, I think it falls in line with the direction of our hockey ops.
0: I, for one, am I'm not disappointed that I don't have to get to the fifth third arena at six o'clock in the morning to get a parking spot for that circus that would have <laughs> happened if there would have been on ice activity. So, um but, and, and as you mentioned, like this development, the rookie camp happening this time, here is kind of a newer trend. It has not, you know, it's not something that dates back to the forties or fifties. And with so much more importance now on the draft and developing your own talent because of the hard salary cap and all and all this other stuff, do you think the Blackhawks are maybe setting a trend in the opposite direction here? if they look at it and teams go, well, okay, look at what, how they're developing their talent. Maybe we don't have to do that. Do you see more teams jumping on this bandwagon?
3: I would bet money on it because this is a copycat league. Everything anybody does, they're copying from other teams for the most part and i 100% think next summer you're going to see five or six teams decide they're not doing ice at their development camp and and i'll just tell you like i was i was drafted in 07 and my first development camp i think was 08 um, you know being a college player that didn't have us come right away and i think i did three development camps and the last development camp that i went to with colorado we didn't skate there was no ice we golfed we had meetings with nutritionists. Um, we did team building exercises because it was a it was a sort of a transitional period for the organization. You know, they had just drafted Matt Duchesne, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, they had just taken Kevin Shattenkirk. Like there was a lot of first and second round picks and they wanted us to be like out on it. We did this like, stuff with um it was a like an army guy like a former army ranger and we did all these team building exercises and they were hard don't get me wrong but it was different than necessarily battling each other on the ice and competing with each other it was more they were creating this bond amongst a young group of players and i gotta tell you uh, i'm still close with a lot of those guys whether it's tyson berry whenever he comes to town it's great to see him ryan o'reilly like we all had to go through Um, you know, some grueling days together off the ice. And I think that aspect of it, I think, is a little bit underrated because the future of this team and the core of this team is all in infancy. And they're all guys who are probably at this development camp. So, um, you know, I think that's a big part of it as well. Just sort of that team bonding and that camaraderie aspect of it while not having them doing it on the ice where again, there's more of a risk for injury in my opinion. And, and it just, it's unnecessary.
1: How do you think this impacts the Tom Curvers tournament? You think the Hawks still plan on competing in that?
3: You know, that's that's a good question. I think some organizations really like them playing in games where some organizations don't want them in games, want them just kind of getting up to speed and kind of getting comfortable with their new gloves and this and that. I, I'm not really sure. I, that is not something I've ever talked to Kyle about, like what his preference is about does he want them playing games. I would think that they're still going to play in that tournament. I do think, um, having been there last year, you know, obviously you guys were there too. I do think there's some value in that for the young guys of kind of working through some jitters and this and that. But, you know, again, we're kind of on the cusp of this new dawn with this sort of core of young players. Now we've got the Korchinski draft one year in. We're about to have another draft that we, you know, there's going to be quite a bit of capital that comes out of it. So, uh, and assets that come out of it. So, so I, I think they'll still play in that. Jay, I do. Um, and, uh, we'll see, but, but I, I think that there's, there's definitely some value in, in those games.
2: Well, maybe we make a trip to Minnesota and see what, uh, All right. see what we
1: can do. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, last time I was, yeah. I almost died, but that's a different chill for a different day. Um, <laughs> That's when I thought a Long Island was Coke, 7-Up, and Vodka. It's not. I had seven in one hour. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still sitting That's there. That's for a show in July. <laughs> uh, wow. Colby, I know you have a Blackhawks email, so you can't say the name, uh, but how excited are you about the number one pick and covering the number one pick this upcoming season?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, it's it's an exciting time for – everybody who is a fan, everybody who works there. I mean, the energy in, in sort of Blackhawks nation right now is, is pretty incredible. I mean, I have, I mean, I was walking my dogs earlier today um, and I'm wearing a, a red Blackhawks hoodie. Um, You know, it's like kind of chilly in the mornings and I had someone who came up to me and I figured they were going to ask me about my dog and they were like, how about that number one overall pick? I mean, I'm in South Jersey right now. So uh, people are talking about it and, you know, this is a, this is a, a, some serious luck. And look, I, I was sort of preparing myself and had it in my head that I thought they were going to end up with the second overall pick. Um, and so I was like really kind of processing what that would look like. I think everybody knows what that would look like. And I was excited about that. So, uh, after doing the frozen four and getting to see that guy up close and personal, so, it's, it's really exciting. I mean, and, and I, you know, I've said this to you guys before I, I get the best seat in the house a lot of nights between the benches. I hope I still get that next year. Uh, you know, those tickets are flying off the shelves. So, so who knows what's going to happen with that, but it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be exciting, you know, with, with that draft choice and, and that type of player coming to town there, there's, there's reasons for anybody who's a hockey fan to really be excited about that.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be really awful to get paid watching that guy play hockey for the next few years. <laughs> Just terrible luck. Um, well, you mentioned you know you you were at the Frozen Four. Very few guys have have their their thumb on the pulse of college hockey like you do, Colby. And and the Hawks have a lot of guys. Uh, you know, college hockey has become so much more important over the last 10, 15 years. You know, even when you're talking about you know Adam Fantilli and and Kale McCarr, guys who from Canada decide to come to, to, you know, the United States to play college hockey as opposed to CHL, you know, why do you think some of the more of these top prospects are are taking the college route as opposed to the traditional, you know, go play in the OHL or WHL. Now they're coming down here to play in the NCAA. Yeah,
3: you know why? I think one of the biggest reasons why is because development has become so important because of the hard salary cap, because of young players needing to perform and be ready. And I think the college path gives you a little bit more of an opportunity to develop. There's less of a rush. Um, You know, you, you, your clock starts a little bit later. And I think there's actually a trend in college right now where players aren't leaving after one year, there was a period of time where players were in and out gone, You just saw Logan Cooley, the Arizona prospect, decide he's going to stay. Whatever the reasons are, he feels like staying is going to continue to help him at Minnesota. We saw it with Brock Faber coming back, who just was phenomenal in the playoffs. We saw it with Matty Nyes, who was phenomenal in the playoffs. They're all coming back for that second year. I've heard rumors that Adam Fantilli may go back to college. He loves playing with his brother. Um, he's not in a rush. These college athletes can earn money now through NIL deals. They can, you know, uh, pull in a hundred grand, couple hundred thousand bucks as a college hockey player. Now, if you're a guy like Adam Fantilli with, with the, the different opportunities that are out there. So Elaine Hudson, he's going back to college. So there's this sort of path right now that is being formed and Kale McCarr, um, you know, sort of was, was a pioneer to spend that second year at umass and then go right into the nhl and be such an impact player so uh, i'm thrilled to death that that college hockey is is having all these star players uh stick around stay in the game continue to develop go win go be the best player every night in a college season playing against 24 and 25 year old guys that is going to get you ready um you know for the next level but uh, the one thing i will say. I would love to see college hockey add 10 games to their schedule. I'd love to see them get to, get to 45 games. Um, I really would add, add two more weekends on the front and the back end. And, and you know, there's, there's your, your, your eight to 10 games more. I think the NHL would love to see that. Um, but you know what? I, I think it's a great path for players. You get a ton of time in the gym. You're lifting weights in season two, three times a week. You know, you're not doing that at a junior schedule when you're playing 75, 80 games. Um, you know, I, I do. I, I think it's it's a it's a good path, and and I'm excited to see it continue to grow. I love watching our guys play college. It, it's got me watching games 24 seven. Like my wife can name half the players in college hockey now, especially our prospects, because every Friday, Saturday night this year, we had ESPN Plus on, and we were streaming. BU games. Um, you know, we were always watching white Kaiser play this year, you know, cause I, I want to get, I want to get 15 views on a guy before they get to Chicago, you know, because then I, I'm not, I'm not just reading it and then regurgitating. I've, I've got my own views on a guy. I'm, I'm getting to, to see his tape and see him play. So, um, you know, it, it's exciting and, and yeah, like I love being a part of it. Um, you know, I, I, feel fortunate to, to get to do the frozen four it's, it's, you know, I circle it every year, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great event. And, and again, this year, even better. Cause we had a bunch of guys playing in the frozen four.
1: Well, you let us right there. Uh, so, you know, everyone's talking about Korchinski who's still playing with Seattle, but a lot of the top Blackhawks prospects from Nazar and green, are college players, uh, drew Camesso, you saw a lot of. Tell us what you think about these guys, like right on the precipice of the NHL that you got to watch closely last year in, at the college ranks.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think Drew Camesso was was had a, had a really strong finish to his season. Um, I know people talked about his numbers a little bit, and and he had a couple of games that, you know, the team kind of abandoned him a little bit and gave up some big num- you know, some big big goals against. I think that hurt his stats, but when it was push came to shove down the stretch. I mean, he was really good. I mean, he kept BU in that frozen four game. They could have been down nine, one in the first period. So uh, I'm really impressed with his game. I think he's a quiet, you know, calm goaltender. And I think that's going to suit him. Well, I think he's going to get an opportunity to be the guy in Rockford this year. I think him and Jackson Stauber will, will battle it out to, to be the guy, but um, you know, you, he's he's going to get to play at least 40, 40 starts this year, which is probably more than he's started, you know, than he's got to play. He's going to practice every day. So I'm I'm excited about Camesso, really excited about Ryan Green. You know, I got to watch him so much this year. Um, you know, I always do have a little bit of bias towards these BU guys because I see them more. But, but Green is, is a mature player. I mean, he really is a, a complete player. You know, as it gets for a for a 19-year-old centerman at the NCAA level, playing on a on a top six power play type of role. So, um, lo- loved those guys this year. I thought Wyatt Kaiser was his the best player on Duluth all year. Um I really did. I, I, I thought he 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 made major strides throughout the year and just kind of continued to dominate at that level. And his team wasn't very good. Um, I know there's a forward on Duluth. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Maybe you guys can help me out. Um, uh, there, there's a, a mid to you know, later round draft pick from Aiden Duluth Thompson. that you know, also had a good season, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Mario, do you know his name off the top of your head?
0: uh is it connor the, or something there's a,
2: no
1: it's no. not connor
0: hold on it's not connor it's
3: kelly because he left and and went yeah. somewhere else and but there's a there's a forward and he he had a really good season um geez i'm i'm i'm, I'm drawing a blank of course the minute we hang up i'll remember it but mm-hmm. look these guys all <laughs> took these guys all took really good strides you know i i i didn't see a ton of frank nazar other than at the end of the year for obvious reasons but i got to talk to him at the Frozen Four and. You know, it was great to talk to him kind of away from, you know, the media, I guess, uh, that like when we get him in Chicago, just to hear, um, you know, how it's been going for him and just, you know, kind of how his year has been. And it's obviously was frustrating for him being injured, but you can tell that kid has a ton of talent. He's going to play top six minutes next year in Michigan. Uh, it's kind of going to be his first year of college hockey, but I would expect to see him hit the ground running um have a huge season have a huge role on that team um you know so I, I think he's another guy that he's gonna he's gonna make an impact in chicago sooner than later
2: uh dominic james was the name we were looking dominic for.
3: james there yeah. we go he had a good season like he really did he's a good two-way forward he plays with a ton of speed he can find the back of the net um stuck out almost every time i watched duluth he he stood out he really did he plays with a ton of jam um, you know, he, he, fits the mold, everything we've been told, you look at these players and the way that they're playing, they, they fit the mold. So, you know, I, I, appreciate sort of the, the, Hey, this is our plan. This is what we're doing. And then actually sticking to that. So,
1: so let's, let's wrap up on, on kind of on that thing. Like the plan is despite getting the number one pick, can't say the name, um, Kyle Davidson said he's sticking to the plan. Also says, though, that he's probably not going to make every pick that they have. They'll probably trade some. Do you, see, do you see them trading up, or do you see them trying to bring in some help for future number one center?
3: Yeah, so I think a little bit of both. You know, I think Kyle would love to get into the first round with another pick. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's using 19 to move up and and packaging with it some seconds. Um, you know, having... Uh, talked with him a little bit and kind of done some of my own sort of research on instat which is like a great video tool where you can really find any game from any league at any time um you know i'm not overly familiar with most of the prospects that are from these these canadian junior leagues but you know i narrowed it down i looked at i looked at the guys who were big i looked at for for guys who could skate and I looked at guys who were ranked in the, in the top 40 of the draft. And then I started circling players that were bigger guys that had scouting reports that said they could skate. Um, and then I started watching periods from games of the OHL, the WHL, and started to sort of compile a list of players that I think are guys that they could potentially be targeting and looking at. And I think there's a lot of really good value in the middle of this first round, like picks 15 to 30. They can be number one types of players. They can be number one centers, number one wingers, um, you know, stuff like that. So I think Kyle's going to be very aggressive at the draft. I I really do. I think he has the luxury to be very aggressive with having the first overall pick, um, having a a, a pretty solid group of defensemen prospects um, and having four, you know, all those picks in the second round. And then cap flexibility. Uh, You know, we could take on a, a, a contract, I saw something on the internet the other day that said, you know, Vic, the LA is looking to move Victor Arvidsson's contract, right? Um, you know, and who knows if that's true or not, right? But I think Kyle will look at opportunities like that to move up in the draft. Um, you know, hopefully land maybe another team's prospect, something like that. And and you know, again, he's got options, and I think we saw at the draft last year. He's not afraid to be aggressive and 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 use his options. Uh, but I would expect. I would expect him to, to kind of follow suit with that. I think he's going to be aggressive. I think he's going to try to get higher up in the draft with that second pick or potentially use capital from the second round to, to move up again into the first, um, depending on how guys are falling. I do know this about Kyle. I know that um, he sees these players. You know, Him and I have kind of talked about how how irregular it is, how much time he spends on the road scouting. Most GMs aren't doing that. So he's not just reliant on his scouts. He's also you know, there physically seeing these players more than one time. Um, he scouts the Western League a ton. He's been up in Ontario. They did the U18 tournament where they got to see quite a bit of players. And he didn't just show up for the semifinals and the finals. He went to the entire tournament. He was in Switzerland for like two weeks. Um, so I think there's going to be players that they target you know, I think some, some teams build their board and they're like, okay, best available. I I think Kyle's a little more strategic and he sees players that he's targeting in different areas. And then they'll assess, is this player going to fall to this pick? Or do I need to be aggressive and move up to get him based on where other teams value these players? So uh, I think it's going to be an entertaining draft night. I really do. I think that first round, it's it's is a really good chance we'll see them try to get in either get a a third first round pick or move that 19th pick up the board and and package it with other things um and again i think they've got a lot of flexibility to take contracts on look there's always good players where teams are like like victor arvidson you mean to tell me you wouldn't like to see that guy playing on a line with with you know that gentleman's Jersey that you have uh, on your table right the now. I mean, one pick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and that's just a, a cap casualty, right? There's always good players that are cap casualties. And I think to me, being patient and using that is, is sort of a better idea than going out into free agency because look, good players, they don't want one year deals. I know everybody wants Max Domi back in Chicago. I'd love to have him back in Chicago. The reality is though, someone's probably going to offer him term and dollars and an opportunity to be on a team that's competing. And players are competitive. They want to compete. They do not want to wait. So um, I think they're going to have to be patient and strategic and kind of, you know, use those different tools in order to put players around the young players to help them succeed
1: colby we could do five hours with you honestly I know. Uh, i'm know i a talker you guys know no, it's that. great man there, yeah, there's I'm just a talker. there's just so much to get to and that's that's the beauty of it uh we do have to wrap up thank you for joining us we appreciate it hopefully we'll see you down in nashville yes will you be there
3: You know, still TBD. I know the Hawks are, are definitely planning, you know, NBC will definitely have, uh, some people down in Nashville, but I also know there's plans to hopefully have some coverage. Um, you know, that's sort of rooted back in Chicago, whether it's at the studio, whether it's at a draft party, I'm not, I don't know yet. I think they're still flushing all that stuff out. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of go wherever they tell me that you guys have seen this for the last two years. I, I, uh, I'm in a different spot all the time, and and that's just kind of how my job works. So.
1: All right, man. Well, sooner or later, we're gonna see you one way or another. So enjoy the rest of the off season. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right. Yeah. Thanks all for right. having me on. Thanks, thanks Colby, Colby. Colby. Appreciate it. That right.
1: is Blackhawks analyst Colby Cohen. Follow him on Twitter at Colby Cohen36. Before we wrap up. It is sunny. You need some shades.
0: Yes, you need some shades for directly in the center of your face, Mm -hmm. not slightly to the left or right. No. You need to call our friends (laughs) Shady Rays so you can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that is even better than any pair I've ever worn of those expensive brands. They have durable frames that will be perfectly centered on your head and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners throughout the United States with the Shady Rays Impact Program. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others just like it for now and years to come, and if you don't love your Shady Rays... You will. But you will. You will. And we're getting a lot of comments on the chats and on on, on uh, Twitter, people getting their Shady Rays and loving them. Perfect time. You can exchange them for a new pair if you're one of those weirdos that don't like them, but you know, we don't have any weirdos around these parts. Nah, Or no. you can return them for free within <laughs> 30 days. There is no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And right now, starting today... Through the end of the month, it's the Memorial Day sale at Shady Rays. Go over to ShadyRays.com, and you can get 35% off all pairs of sunglasses. Now, until the end of the month, try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.
1: That's a lot of people.
0: And a lot of stars. All right, thanks,
1: everybody. We had a lot of people in our chat today, and smashing that like button. If you haven't yet, do it on the way out. We're back tomorrow at 2. Reminder, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We're just making it worse and worse. For Greg and Mario and Joey, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast.